Pulp MX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill... Then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. God forbid if you fist pumps do. Like JT's washed up. All right, our first guest is brought to you by Guts Racing. For the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, visit gutsracing.com. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us Mr. Triple J, Justin Jennings. What's up, Triple J? going on dark side how are you doing good man uh, excited to get on the show uh, i want to introduce our next guest brought to you by michelin bicycle tires if you want the tires cam zinc and sam hill run visit bike.michelin.com for details and uh you know one of our fa- favorite mountain bikers is uh chris Kiefer. what's up dude <laughs> Although I did, I actually did ride the e-bike today. Oh yeah. Well, we're going to talk about e-bikes yeah. a little bit in just a moment. Um, our other, our other sponsor, Seal Savers, uh, www.sealsavers.com. 
Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to pre- prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Use promo code PULP25 to save 25% off. Tonight they bring me, Dark Side, for the Moto X Pod show. All right, we're here to discuss episode 437. Chris Kiefer, Connor Fields in studio. Jet Lawrence, Darren Sinai, Chris Canning, Chris Betts, and even Cade Clayson on the phone. Kiefer, um, you know you're one of the uh, the favorite guest co-hosts. I think you get a lot of love from that. Um, how much do you love being in studio? I actually just like I like hanging out with Steve. It's like hanging out with my buddy, and I love you know I love talking about dirt bikes. And unlike Steve, I actually enjoy people's company. So, <laughs> right. Right. Um, all of those things put together makes for a great show. And I don't know, man, like I've been doing this for a long time with Steve and I used to get like super nervous before I went on, but then it, it's kind of like a gate drop. Once the, the show starts, you know, your nerves go away and just kind of zone out and just hang out with your buddy. So the nerves have kind of died down over the years, but man, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I get to be who, uh, who I really am. So that's right. always fun, you know? And uh, Triple J, uh, you're a Kiefer fan. What'd you think of episode 437? It was good. Uh, I had some really good notes. Um, the biggest thing, I think, the the one biggest thing I took away from the show was Steve's bullshit about not letting his friend just walk into his house. Yeah, so we're, and we're gonna get to that later. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be that's a hot not topic. My favorite of the show. <laughs> that's gonna be a hot topic. But let's uh, start of the show. A few things were discussed. Was some general topics. We had the Discord talk or snowboard, as uh, the guy started calling it. Wives getting dressed, e-bikes, and then at some point we had the third caller wins a Works Connection Pro Launch device. I dialed that number so fast, and it didn't work out, Kiefer. Uh, we, I, I'm sure you remember what happened last time the third caller won a Pro Launch device. <laughs> that was awesome. It was. It was. It made for good content. Um, but let's talk about... All right, e-bikes for just a minute, because there has been a lot of e-bike talk lately. You give Steve some shit. I mean, I know you're glad that he's getting involved with riding again. I know you're glad that he's out, you know, training, basically, getting in better shape. But you're kind of over the e-bike talk, I think. I mean, I understand it. I get it. I mean, Intense helps the show out, helps Steve out. I just think it, uh, in normal Steve fashion, things get lost in translation, right? So. Mm-hmm. My thing is, and just so everyone's on the same page, I do not dislike e-bikes. I'm fine with it. All I'm saying is Steven could get a normal pedal bike and just use that, let's just say once a week, let's just start there. Because he is in much better shape now. He's lost a shit ton of weight. I feel like he could enjoy some normal pedaling and get, you know, use different muscles because after riding this e-bike a little bit, like it's a whole different set of muscles that I'm using. So, um, I don't know. I just think he could, I feel like he's plateauing a little bit. Okay. And I think he could get in better shape and get, lose more weight, which I I think he does want to do, um, with a normal pedal bike, but he refuses. (laughs) So here we are talking about e-bikes and now I hate e-bikes and I'm the antichrist of e-bikes and all the shit that he does. So, um, it's, I mean, that's fine. (laughs) It's funny though. It's like, uh, triple J Kiefer sitting here kind of giving his opinion on this topic. Right. And he, his opinion really comes out of his love for his buddy, Steve, 
But then when Steve gives it back, it's just like it could be just like beat down. You know, he's he doesn't show Steve doesn't show his love to Kiefer in the same way. I don't think when it comes to his opinions. Yeah, for me, the, the e-bike in the industry is blowing up because, you know, that it's a good crossover. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I get Chris's point. He's like that dad that sees the potential in his kid and wants to pull the training wheels off. He just wants to see him go out and put in his full, you know, put his full potential in. So I, the e-bikes are awesome, but I think Chris is like, man, you've done this. Now it's time to move up to this. Time to get out of the C-class and go to the pro-class and get on a real mountain bike. Yeah, I see your point. I think, Chris, as long as uh, you keep gently pro- pro- uh, what's the word? prodding Steve, just like with getting him back on yeah. a dirt bike, he'll come around at some point. But let's, uh, let's move on to Nationals. Uh, you know, the doubleheader at Redbud, we've got Zach Osborne in the points lead. So you guys were discussing, uh, Chris, about Eli, right? He asked, Steve asked, you know, if uh, Eli can come back from the points deficit a couple weeks ago when you were in, and you've changed your opinion on that. Uh, JT says that Eli is no longer, or he's now just an average guy or just another guy. And maybe the intimidation factor has gone away. Uh, and Justin Steve talks about, you know, well, maybe, or kind of brought up, maybe there's track conditions are an issue or the weather being a new dad. Um, what do you think, Justin, first of all, about those, those three things? Cause I, I kind of call BS on all those, the tracks, the weather, new dad. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? And do you agree with the guys in studio Monday night? Um, I have to say a little bit of that, but I was talking to somebody about this uh, a couple weeks ago. I think a lot of it, too, is that you get so much stress on the Supercross title, and then he finally wins it. So it's like I think he's still coming off that high. Um, and I think Chris, maybe, or somebody else on the show kind of mentioned that, too. It's like he finally got that one done, and now he's got pressure of being a four-time champion outdoors. But it's like I think he had so much focus on the Supercross title that he might have worn himself out a little bit maybe, but, you know, that's just outside looking in. But I think for him, he's just trying to figure it all out. I, you know, we know he's the fastest guy, but I think he's just not been able to put it all together. Okay, well, let's listen to what Chris has to say real quick. Um, so for me, the, most of the surprise is not on the win side. It's the loss side for Tomac. Yep. That is not the Tomac we're used to seeing. Like, even when he's trying to go and everything feels okay – it doesn't look okay, and right. the guys are fighting back because yeah. they they can smell it. They can smell that he's he's there's blood in the water, right? Yeah. And these guys are giving him fits. Last time I was on the show, we're like, "Hey, can Tomac do it?" Yeah. No, there's it's no way. It's done. It's done. All right, Chris. So you you made a pretty bold statement there. It's done. Which with four rounds left, yeah, it's it probably is done. But we've seen some insane things out of Eli over the last few years. What makes you that confident that it's done? Um, for me, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say just like I would have said it on the show, he could probably win out. Let's say he wins the rest of the motos. But I just feel like Zach is too strong this year. He'll be too close. If Eli wins, I feel like Zach could get second. Um, I know there has been some setup issues. And Eli's completely not happy with his bike at times. So I think that is some of the problem. If you, you can just look at the bike. I mean, I'm pretty good at watching motorcycles and see how they work. And you watch Adam ride his bike, and then you watch Eli ride his bike, and you can tell there's different settings in, in the bikes. And obviously those two guys ride a little bit different. And I just think Eli needs to catch up on some settings. So 
I don't think it's the the baby. I don't think it's you know track conditions. I just think um, these guys are a little bit better this year. I think Eli is still the best, but I think some setup issues have hurt him. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he's going to pull it off this year. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with you. And when I watch him ride, like his body position still looks like that beast that we see when he's. 30 seconds ahead like he's still being aggressive and charging i think you're right with the, the, the fact that some of the other guys have stepped up right marvin's back and way better than i think anybody expected him to be so soon and zach is just he's coming off that high of winning the last salt lake city uh, supercross and then you know loretta's went so well for him and i think he has gained so much confidence that the, like you kind of said or jt said the field is somewhat equaled out a little bit at least they're not as afraid of him anymore uh, and then we had uh, obviously Adam C. and Cirillo getting his first over overall, and uh, Chris, you you had something to say about that. I wouldn't be surprised to see Adam go on a bit of a run here. I still like Zach to win the title, obviously. I w- I wouldn't say run, but he could probably win at least two more overalls. He, for me, as of right now, he has the most raw speed out of anybody that yeah. I see during oh, yeah. the races. Yeah, yeah, maybe not in qualifying. Yeah, but these opening laps. Yeah, you watch him; he is going, and he throws a gap up real quick. Yep. So, Justin, would you agree with that? Yes, for sure. Um, I said yesterday on your show that I think AC might do really good at Millville this weekend, if not win. Um, I We need to see Eli win, but AC, when he gets some confidence, I think it's going to be really good for him. And there's, I believe, four rounds left. So, he's going to want to close this title out strong. And I think you give that guy a little bit of confidence and you're going to see, see him go um, and get up front every moto. Yeah, I, I agree. I think once he got that that overall, that as they say, Chris, you know, once you get one, the rest come easier. Yeah, I think for those guys, it definitely is that way. I mean, once you get the feel of it, you're up front, especially leading whole shot and and winning. That's a huge confidence booster right there, man. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was cool to see. Uh, we're going to talk about bets in a few minutes, obviously, and his uh, his AC train. But let's uh, let's move on to the. One of the biggest stories of the weekend, Triple J, Stu is back. Uh, yeah, you, you, back. You had some notes on that, so go ahead. Uh, I just put, you know, Steve was uh, not saying he broke down with him. And, it, and then I also, everybody jet said he was like a little scroll girl inside but didn't <laughs> want to show it. Uh, Connor Field, same way, you know, he just, he doesn't get starstruck, but it's like, it's like seeing a, almost like a ghost. Like you're like, holy crap, he's here. Like you don't know what to do. And I think a lot of guys are just so excited to see him around. And I hope we see him more because he's a he's a big influence to our sport. And I think he can only bring knowledge to it. So like him and uh, Sexton can be a really you know dangerous duo when they start to figure it out. Yeah, once it starts to click, it, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Let's hear what uh, they said about it Monday night. What about Stu coming out? What about working with Sexton? He comes out to Red Bud too. On a Monday. On a Monday. I fist pumped him. We talked a little bit. Fist bump. What did I say? Pump. God forbid if you fist pumped Stu. Okay? Please don't ever do that. Did, and he did, you guys didn't bro down a little bit? No, not really. I was. Uh, I have a good relationship with James, but yeah, not... not. You didn't want to push it, like... Well, yeah. All right, Kiefer, no broing down. Uh, hopefully no fist pumping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can kind of see that, man. I mean, the the no broing down, I think that was probably the right way to play it from uh, everybody in the industry. Chris? Yeah, I think uh, there would have been some media guys there that would have tried to really bro hard, you know, like act like they've been friends with them the whole time and 
do something and create content off of James while he was there. But yeah. that's smart by Steve to recognize that that's not cool. He's there. And I remember, I don't know if it was a caller or we were talking about it, but someone brought it up. And it's and I think it's true. I think that's why he showed up because there's no fans. So it's a lot less stressful for him um, going. Now there's not people up his ass all the time. So, um Hopefully he still kind of shows up when there is fans allowed. If we ever get that back again, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool to see him. I actually like that he gained some weight. I actually like that he looks normal. He has this like, fuck it, I'm a normal dude now. Like sure. I like it. I like the belly. I like the hair. I like it all. Yeah, it was funny. Somebody, uh, maybe it was Jed or somebody mentioned that, like, somebody else said, oh, why is Malcolm here? And they thought it was Malcolm. Uh, so maybe some of the guys in the fantasy chat room were talking about him putting on some weight. But, yeah, man, he's enjoying life. Maybe I mean, sl- look, at his, look at his dad, dude. His dad's a big dude. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to be – you are what you are from your parents, right? So, yep. I mean, he's going to be a bigger dude. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, like you say, it's great seeing him back, putting his toes in the water a little bit. Uh, Triple J, obviously there was a lot of TV coverage on him. You know, they showed a lot of footage of him. And then uh, yeah. they they asked some of the writers on TV, you know, about your Mount Rushmore of motocross. And uh, Jet Lawrence mentioned, you know, getting to meet his legends, RC and Stu. And Stu was mentioned as one of the Mount Rushmore guys. Um, what do you think about that? Because I have some thoughts about Mount Rushmore and whatnot. But uh, what do you think about Jet's thoughts on Stu and and the, all the other riders. I mean, were they, they're pretty spot on, I think, with their picks. Yeah, I was uh, surprised by Stefan Everts, but the more I thought about it, like those guys are from, you know, they did the GP series, and Stefan is a is a bad dude. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, you know, yeah. So for us, you know, a lot of times we don't get to see the GP, so a lot of people don't know who Stefan Stefan is, but um, he is a bad dude. But yeah, my Mount Rushmore would probably be RC. RV, um, Stu, and then probably I would say Reed, honestly, just because mm. of what he's done for the sport. Like a lot, I don't know. Like Dungey's cool, but I'm not. I'm not. I think Reed's more of an influence than, than Dungey in my eyes. Okay, but I mean, so Kiefer, you're a, you're a little bit older guy like myself. I'd be curious to see what your Mount Rushmore is because I think you might pick. In my mind, you're going to pick guys. Maybe not as much for the results, but maybe for their style or something. You know, I, I, that's at least what's in my mind. Who would be your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, for me, obviously RC Stu. Um, yeah, I would I would venture to say. I mean, for me, RV is in there because he was so dominant, and I'm I'm like I'm I'm a big GP guy. I followed that for years. So for me, Caroli for what yeah. he's done and how old he is still, and he's still competitive. Yep. Uh, I feel like he's in there. Everts was a little bit before my time, so I feel like this Rushmore thing is more based on what you're, you've are you been around the most. Um, and for me, so last one, ah, it's tough. I think I would probably go with Dunn just because huh. no matter what, man, that guy was he, – he raced all of the good dudes. Every, every good dude that we talked about, he's racing them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he's won title. Uh, all right, let's hear what Jet Lawrence had to say, and then I've got a response. I've got to meet Ricky, and yeah. now I've got to meet James, like two of the one of the most, like two of the biggest legends in kind of yeah. in motocross. So, okay, so that kind of falls back on what we touched on. But I was surprised, Kiefer. Jet's a young guy. Uh, I don't know, Triple J. How old are you? 
31. Okay, so you're a little younger than Chris and I also. Like, I was kind of thinking about, like, the old school guys, right? Where's the RJs and the Stantons and the the uh, Wardy, you know, and the guys riding two or three classes and the 500s, and, like, nobody mentioned any of those guys. And, and then he, I was – Thinking back, like if we took our Supercross Mount Rushmore guys, would any of today's riders even talk about McGrath? Because McGrath is kind of on that point, Chris, where I think he's kind of old news or an old guy to the young guys now. Like, do they even think about him? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think anybody maybe around Justin's age and younger would probably think of MC as like, uh, I don't know much about MC. I just kind of know of the name, you know, know what he did. Yeah. Um, and actually, I forgot about MC. I would have put him in there, yeah. But I mean... But not for outdoors, uh, it's right? It's funny. He, he, yeah, but just for McGrath, like, he is Supercross king. Like, that is the guy. But yeah. for motocross, he's won, he's won a title. He's won races. I just don't feel like he was the guy, you know? Not Ever. outdoors. Definitely not. But, I, but I, no. I'm just saying in general, like, it, it started me thinking about how our era is starting to be the old guys. Yeah, fading like, out. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're old, Chris. And, I mean, Did, did, did MC win any uh, – did MC ever go to his nation? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's gone there, uh, I think, three times. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember or not. Okay, so I, I brought up Jet Lawrence, Chris, and – you know, at the end of his interview, you, you kind of said, hey, stay how you are. He's a really funny kid. He's so far, he's pretty good with the media. He hasn't like, they haven't got him all closed down yet, right? Like some of the guys get after a few years where it's just thanking my sponsors and get off the podium. I like Jed a lot. And like you, I hope he stays that way. What What's it going to take to stay open like that? Uh, I think it's going to be one is the people he hangs out with. Mm. Um, for me, that is, that is, uh, that is huge. Like people that don't give a fuck of who you are, that keep you grounded, that bust your balls. Um, that those are key things in your life that you kind of carry around when you're not around those people. And uh, for him to have people surrounding, him say, "Hey, man, just be yourself, be fun-loving." Um, I think that will help him. And you could just tell. And and I feel like I, I read people pretty well. Like you can tell the kid has a good heart. Like, yeah. he comes from some good parents. Like, he generally cares about what he says. And for a 17-year-old kid, you feel like there's some thought process behind what's coming out of his mouth, you know? I, um, I totally agree, yeah. As long as he doesn't stay in California too long, I think he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, it, Justin, um, he's he's got a great personality, too, right? And he seems to be bonding with Steve pretty well. They did the – him and his brother did the – interview at the undisclosed location up at Salt Lake City, and they took him for a bunch of snacks from the snack bar. Uh, but he's always got funny stories. He makes fun of his brother. Let's listen to a, real, a clip of him real quick, and then we'll finish up talking about Jet. Did you think about eyeing up the leap? How close did you come to doing the leap? Oh, dude, every – in the second moto of Friday, I thought about it every like – I've seen everyone start to do it. I, even Amart, I've seen. I'm like, oh, you got to Bro, see he's on a Suzuki and he's 30 <laughs> he years – said I got to be kidding He's 30 me. years hey. old and on a Suzuki. Take us through the crash. What What did you it, say to him? Did you say anything to him? Did you say, motherfucker, or did you say, hey, hope you're good? What would you say? It, I'm – I go. I, I ask him, "Are you okay?" And I go and help. Move. Like I didn't know. I wanted to move because it's kind of in the way of getting my bike up. 
you good? You good? He's like, yeah. So I went and picked my bike up. But it's funny. I feel like most people would go and yell at him. But yes. I'm like, oh, right. he obviously crashed. But it was just bad luck. I was there in the wrong time. So like, it was anyone's fault. He wasn't really going in there thinking, okay, I'm going to crash and then wreck his and right. make my bike go in front of him. So it's, it's bad luck. It just sucks. But you should have grabbed the Yamaha and jumped the leap. <laughs> That's what you should have done. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Hey, Ty, let me try this son of a bitch out real quick. Yeah. I'll bring it right back. Yeah. Stay here. I'll be yeah, back right. in one lap. I'll be back in a lap. <laughs> you uh, can ver- ride the Honda if you want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Triple J. Uh, that's good stuff from Jet. Fun loving seems like, and also, you know, a good sport, I guess, on the track. But I thought Jet was a great interview, and Steve always does a good job. Seems like he's always a good interview. Like I've never heard him on the podcast and thought, you know, or fast forwarded or anything. Like he always does a really good job. He just he be he is himself. He you know he doesn't try to do anything that's not him. And I like like Chris said, I like how he does. I I don't ever want him to change. Um, you know, we still talk about how when Steve asked him about Forkner, he said never heard of her. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I like I like how he's just having fun and enjoy riding his dirt bike and. I hope you know. I hope it stays like that all the way through his career. I do too. And Chris, you know, uh, you know Mumford pretty well, and I think Ryder D. Uh, Ryder's friends with Carson, and I, I, unlike Steve, do like the amateurs. And I've had both those guys on my show now for a couple of years, and that's something I tell them too. And I, I've asked them about it. like they're they're buddies, right? They're they're competitors. No, not yet really so much, but they but they they love just to hang out and have fun together. And Ryder and Carson seem like they're going to have that same type of personality as a Jet Lawrence. Um, and I think that's really important for a sport. I think that's what the fans, the average fans, would like to see as guys with personalities like in Adam C. and Cirillo. Yeah, and I think it starts with the parents, man. Like, seriously, yep. Carson's mom and dad are really good people. Uh, they understand what Carson's doing. They, they're they not the typical mini-parents, and Ryder's parents are similar to that. Ryder's dad's a hard-working guy. They don't take it so serious where they're like, I mean, they take it serious, but they're not like, hey, man, you have to make it. This is what we're doing. We're banking on you. It's not so much of the old school way of thinking like RV, Alessi's parents, where it was just all or nothing. So I think there's a little bit of less stress on the kids nowadays, Mm. and it's a little bit more laid back and fun. And for me, being around, I see a lot of these kids because I ride a lot here in Southern California. And I and I more I kind of sit back and I look at the parents more than the kid yeah. because I feel like that's what I'm going to be looking at here soon, right? So <laughs> uh, I end up talking to the parents more and befriending them, and then I end up getting with the kids. And, and Ryder's cool. Carson's a way good kid, and he's a hard worker. And um, so hopefully we get some more of these kind of kids up in the sport that are more open and laid back. I hope so. All right, uh, real quick on Discord, so. It, you guys, this is a message board, basically what it is. So I've got a question here. I'm going to ask both of you. I think the answer is pretty obvious. But at Stylin99 wants to know, what happens first, Kiefer? Steve actually joins Discord or Steve rides a star Yamaha? Steve gets a cameo. <laughs> okay. Triple J. I'm going to go with Chris. Probably cameo. I don't think he's a fan of Discord and that star thing seems like it's down a, down a deep, deep rabbit hole that's never going to get found. Yeah, that was my thought. I don't think either one happens personally. All right, let's do some rapid-fire topics. Dunge may be coming back, uh, but it, apparently he is mad at Steve, and uh, we got the filthy field Nicoletti drop. If you want something to get out, 
Tell Steve Mathis, Triple J. Uh, okay, so we talk about this all the time on the show, uh, Triple J, that Steve is a professional, even though people want to make fun of him, and he's kind of goofy sometimes. He's a professional media guy. He truly wants yeah. the sport to be uh, professional like the NFL or, or NHL or NBA. So if he has, if he hears something from a legitimate source and it's not something that they said, please don't say specifically, hey, it's his job to report it. So he does not care if Dungey's mad at him. He does not care if Jason Anderson gets mad at him, Justin Barsha, whatever. He, I, I like that. And I, I appreciate that we get that, that kind of news from Steve. I mean, most of what I hear that's a hot topic or something new is comes from Pulp MX. Yeah, um, so I was on Daniel's show a couple weeks ago, and Daniel said there's some earth-shattering news. Yep. And then someone called in to Steve's show, and Steve's like, that's Daniel ranting, ranting. He does. He always does that, throw shit at the wall. Well, <laughs> here's what he was talking about. You know, he, he didn't break it on his podcast, because he's literally on his podcast. It's Steve's job to break that kind of news. Let Steve do it. And that's what Steve did. Steve got the information, and he brought it to light. And it seems like a couple people are upset about it, but... Like Chris and Steve said in the past, like why in our sport are we so quiet about stuff? Like we're, you're gonna only make it better. With, the more the people know that you know it's one of those things where it's just gonna grow our sport. So it's like sometimes it's frustrating that we are so quiet about things. Very, very. Uh, Kiefer, J, uh, J Mart and Dylan, the crash. Uh, Steve says, you know that it was fine. It was no big deal. He said that he feels like J Mart is using this kind of stuff to self motivate. Um, I personally, I even texted you, I think, during the race. It kind of reminded me of Brownie at uh, Glen Helen at the Vet Worlds against you. Like, there there was room for a second, but once you got to the cor- corner, there was no room. Uh, but really, did you, like, I think Dylan's just a little too impatient, personally. What do you think about the incident now? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, man, that's tough. Yeah, it, it was kind of like the Brownie in, in my situation, but the difference was it wasn't the fucking first lap like Brownie did. <laughs> Very so. true. For me, I'm like, I don't feel like it was that dirty. And if you watch it back a few times, which I did, they don't really touch. They just kind of um, hooked a little bit when Brandis rode the bank too hard, and then they just kind of fell. It wasn't a gnarly, gnarly thing. Yeah, Brandis was, I don't think, was trying to make the pass. I think he was going to try to, hey, man, I'll let you know I'm right here. Mm. And he was going to back away, but he fucked up and hit that soft embankment, which kind of hooked him into Martin. So um, Steve knows Jeremy more than I do, and I don't know how he ticks. Um, but if that gets him fired up and if he needs to stay that way and, like Steve said, have that big chip on his shoulder, dude, there's a lot of money on the line. Hell yeah, you do what is. you got to do to get your ass a W and get that paycheck and hopefully get yourself a ride for next year. So especially if that Geico thing goes south. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Connor Fields, who came in studio late, third place overall in fantasy. Kiefer, why why are you are you really against fantasy? Do you really get sick of hearing about it, or is it more of just uh, kind of playing along, playing that playing that image up here's, on the show? No, here's my thing. I got enough shit going on. <laughs> like I yeah. got to write about the race. Yep. I got to test. I got to do all these things. And I understand that Steve. He's creating money for himself by doing this. But I don't want to think about other dudes or riders or who I got to pick when I really just want to study the guys. I want to watch the race. It's a relaxing environment for me. I don't want 
to freaking worry about homeboy trying to make the freaking show or what place you top 20. Like, I just want to okay. watch the race. All right. So I'm out. Yeah. I, I can see that because it really, okay, fantasy and Pulp MX in general has made me appreciate privateers that I probably otherwise would have never paid attention to. But at the same time, I find myself on Saturday or Friday, Monday, depending on, you know, like this last weekend, I have my TV on with the race going. I have my laptop open right. with fantasy going and the chat room open. So I'm discussing fantasy with Pulp fans. And then yeah. I usually have my phone open also where I'm watching like, you know, lap times or whatever. And I, I catch myself, I'll go 10 minutes or something, and I've barely even looked at the race. I'm busy doing right. everything else. Huh? It's just like when Steve asked me to tweet while I'm at the race. When You know, I go for Steve for these races. Yeah. All right, you got to tweet. You don't even fucking get to watch the race. Yeah. Because you're tweeting. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I have noticed that in the last couple it weeks. I, stressful. Oh, and now I ha- also have Discord open uh, during the race because they roped me into that. So, yeah, too much going on. I probably I do need to focus more on the race. Let's. Uh, I want to thank all our sponsors again, real quick. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. And of course, all these sponsors and the Pulpamex sponsors are at PulpamexShow.com. Click on the sponsor tab. Sponsor links, discount codes are there, including the Pulp 25 for Seal Savers at SealSavers.com. Guys, support these sponsors because without them, the Pulp Mech Show probably wouldn't survive. Steve can't just do it out of his own pocket, so we need to support these sponsors. Um, okay, real quick. Dark uh, side. Yo. Dark side. Yep. Hold on. Yep, yep. So when you're with your lady, how much shit is going on? What do you mean? Like when I'm with you're my... Doing, you're doing one to two things max. <laughs> Key for after dark time? Are we talking after dark? I'm just thinking, I'm taking my picture, like, taking this picture in my head, like, you're engulfed in a situation with your lady. One to two things that you're doing, that's it. Yes. Same thing goes for motocross, yeah. man. Like, I don't need more than one to two things to do while I'm watching motocross. That's a good point. I like that analogy. I will rethink things, Chris. Okay, thank All you. Right. Uh, that, stuff just, that just sounds stressful. All I hear about is how angry JC gets, how Dan Truman just wants to kill somebody. Like, yeah. I'm just, right. I don't know, it's, it sounds dangerous. It it Honestly. absolutely adds another element, and it changes. Even just like doing this wrap up show, I said last week, you know that it has it has taken some of the enjoyment out of pulp because on Mondays I wouldn't always listen all to all the show on Monday. I would listen to it throughout the week when I had time, and it was just something I enjoyed. Now I'm taking notes, and it's become homework. I still enjoy it, but it right. just has changed the dynamic of how I, I can feel it in your voice. I feel it in your voice on the show. Really. Yeah, I just feel like you're you want to just get through you're, it. You're working, and like you just want to like hammer time, get through the shit. It's a it's work now. Okay, well, see, I'll give you for tonight. I know that you are waiting to watch football. Oh, with I'm Heather. fine. Don't don't rush it for me. Don't okay. rush it. I I was actually I feel like in the last month I've kind of loosened up on the show, but I am feeling tonight okay. like I know that you have other things, and I also know Chris, you're super busy. You've talked about that with your writing, your testing, and your writing writing, and all the things you do, and family time super important. So when I asked you to do this, you're squeezing this in with everything else you have. So I, I don't want to keep you. Any away oh, from Heather? I'm not. I'm not JT. I'm not JT. I won't jack you over that way. All right. I'll give you the keep best of me for, like for a little bit. Guy. I... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were talking over each other, so I missed the end of what you said, yeah, I saw. Chris. Go ahead, Chris. 
Oh, I just said I'm not JT. I won't. I won't screw you over like that. I, I won't give you 30 minutes because I got to go somewhere. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, he he did bail on me a little early. Uh, what were you saying, Triple J? I said, Keeper seems like the type of guy he'll tell you how it is. If he doesn't want to do your damn show, he's going to tell yeah. you to fuck off. Well, we'll we'll, t- we'll get to telling it, telling me how it is in a little bit because we've got some. T- yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hey, Chris Canning was on the phone. He won the Racer X main event uh, race. Uh, and, Justin, you had some thoughts on that, so I'm going to let you go. Yeah, so Chris Cannon, he said that on the, the show. I was really surprised that he did the main event in Maine and then the Baja Brawl, he made that much money. Um, so, you know, it's crazy to me that these guys can do that and not go to Red Bud. It's kind of sucks for our sport to know that if you can do a couple of local races, you're going to make more than a national event. Um, I was talking about this to somebody the other day. Was How many sports do you know where entertainers have to pay to be an entertainer? Yeah, I think our industry, our industry is the only one where we get guys on national TV to entertain people, and they're paying to be there. Yeah, so, there's, um, a, there's a lot of that stuff that Steve has brought up over the years in his race tech rants that it, it's very good points. Uh, you know, and it's it, we can go around in circles all day long about how to fix it. But I think it's cool yeah. that these races are going on. And and uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Steve actually sponsored that, right? He said he helped out with that race, the the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he said he did. So uh, once again, Steve, I, I got something to say about this. I got something to go, say about this. Go for it. So, um, so what Justin said, I I agree. But here's the problem. Okay. And, and Justin rides dark side. You ride. Yeah. You know the feeling that you get when you race and ride your dirt bike. That's it, okay? Yeah. So now it doesn't matter how good you are. Let's say you're an elite-level rider or top privateer, okay? These guys are racing for free, like Justin said, basically, and earning their money via results. The problem is lies within that feeling that we have almost like a fucking drug habit, right? I would assume. I don't do drugs, but I feel like it's almost like that. Like, I am addicted to the feeling of riding my dirt bike. And I think these guys are so addicted to that feeling, the race and the feeling that you get by beating someone, starting the whole shot, jumping the triples, hitting that rut, bitching. I think they're not going to just be like, I'm out. I'm not racing because I'm not making money. They'll talk about it. They'll be like, yeah, fuck this bullshit. I'm not making any money. But you're still showing up to race your dirt bike. And it's because of the feeling you have. If more guys recognize that and be like, look, man, I love this fucking sport. Perfect example, Seven Deuce Deuce. Loves it. Talks about it. Vocalizes it. And then, of course, he, on the other side of that, he vocalizes that, hey, we're not making that much money. But... Mm -hmm. He does other shit to make it up, right? Yeah, yeah. I am yeah, the, I'm the same way in the fact, like, hey, man, I understand I'm not going to make a shit ton of money racing, so I'm going to try to do something else to subsidize my income so I can go race, and then everything else will be a bonus. The pro purse, if I do get a ride, then good. I just think some of these guys are so pissed off at AMA and failed that they're losing sight of what they're doing and what the feeling is. And if you don't like it, no one's making you go race your dirt bike. A, that is a very yeah. true point. Yeah, you're right. Nobody's making them. But I, I do feel like 
some of what Steve says, you know, like like MX Sports is making enough. They, they could they could increase the purse. They they could yeah. Feld could easily increase the purse and make it better for our privateers. Right. Yeah, I agree. I'm it's not saying like, that they can't. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it it belongs with the rider as well. Like, hey man, yeah. you got to recognize why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because us, we're not doing anything anyway as riders to help the situation. They think, oh, blasting them on Twitter. You know, there was a dude, I don't know, Jared Lesher or something was pissed off. Yeah, fuck MX Sports because they won't let me in. Oh, yeah, Loretta's. stupid riders are signed up. I don't know who these guys are. Dude, you're shooting yourself in the foot. That's a lame way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, that was that right before Loretta's yeah. won, I think. Yeah, I saw that. and then Right. He definitely got blasted for that. Um, okay, yeah. Kiefer, so I want to talk to you about commercial breaks when you're in studio at Pulp MX. A lot of people want to know, you know, like we wish we could leave the mics on, right? What's going on behind the scenes? This week you came back and uh, you were talking about the Maxima chain lube that Steve was supposed to hook you up with. And then you were, this is when the uh, the conversation came up after that where you were kind of blown away and a little bit upset with something that Steve said. But typically what goes on, in, you know, when in commercial breaks, when the mics are off, what are we missing? Um, well, Sometimes it's, it's not that exciting. You know, people go take pisses, they go to the bathroom, and yeah. then uh, we come back and we decide what song we want to play. Sometimes, most of the time, all the co-hosts will get to play their own songs or, like, when they come back from break. Um, so sometimes Steve and I will decide, hey, what kind of music we're going to play when we come back. Um, other times we'll go upstairs and we'll have uh, Steve or Pookie will order some Chipotle or make some sandwiches or cookies, so we'll, go, we'll eat. Um, and then just this week... I was just talking, about, and I just randomly came up with this in my head. I'm like, what if I just showed up and just popped in on you and, like, said, hi, let's go hang out? And then he just said, no, don't ever do that. And I just was kind of blown away because I thought we were on a friendship level where he doesn't have to babysit me. You know how some friends come over and you kind of got to babysit them? Yes. You know, oh, you, gotta, you want some food, here's the bathroom, you know, and they kind of don't know what to do, like, He's the kind of guy, and I feel like I'm that guy, too. Like, you come over to my house, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to do what I need to do, and then when I'm done with my shit, we'll hang out and bullshit. But otherwise, I don't have to worry about you. You're like a ghost, you know? Yeah, I... And, uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, Steve is quirky. We all know this, right, with a lot of things. Steve says things all the time that I'm like, like the the easiest thing, that I'm kind of like, really, dude? But... We we know by now. We should know by now. To not be surprised by these things. Um, with, yeah, I'm going to play what uh, what Steve said about you real quick, and then we're going to discuss it some more. It's this little cult of Kiefer. Cult of Kiefer. So once again, uh, Triple J, Steve kind of bashes on Kiefer. I mean, look, we know Steve loves Kiefer, <laughs> but he bashes on him a little bit. He bashes about him and Heather and Aiden's love at Loretta's or how much Loretta's means or how much Chris rides or how he has his, lets his buddies hang out at his house or weed eaters yard or whatever. It's almost like the odd couple from, you know, you probably don't remember that show triple J, but it's just like, they're two friends that you wouldn't really necessarily put together in your mind as being buddies, but it works. Yeah. It's pretty good chemistry. That's why I think a lot of people enjoy Chris on the show. Um, but wasn't Steve the same person that wouldn't go into the kitchen and grab a slice of pizza first as well? There like, was, wasn't it weird about that, too? I think there, there was something at your house, Chris, right? Like he wouldn't just go get some food or go get a drink or something? 
Yeah, like he blames me for wanting the, the the cheese to cool down on the pizza, but he could have <laughs> did whatever the fuck he wanted. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so I if think he was overall here to eat that pizza without us. That's fine. Right. Go ahead, Triple J. Yeah, I think me and Chris are a lot like like you know it's your friends you they you know you want them you want their company so if they randomly come over cool or if you randomly go over there cool you know or if they want to eat go in the kitchen grab something to eat like. You're my friend. Like, do whatever you want. Like, you know, I trust you. You know, it's not like you're just some random guy. So, um, but, you know, I get where Steve comes from, too. But I don't know. I'm going to have to agree with Chris on this one. It's like I have my friend's garage code. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of that before, but I guess maybe it's a Canadian thing. Yeah, I'm going to – I hate saying this, but I think I'm a little bit more on Steve's side. Uh, I do like my buddies being around and hanging out with my buddies, but just showing up unannounced, like – I kind of get in my own little zone with doing something, and then like if they come over, then I'm like I throw I I get kind of uh, OCD about stuff, so I could I I would be a little bit maybe off put I guess if somebody just showed up randomly. Um, I think it's cool though, Chris, the the way you live your life like that though with you know Greg and uh, Vodge and all your boys, you know, and it, like you guys are just like brothers, your family, and it's. It's it's really cool, and I think it is a bit of an inspiration of like how to live life. Almost always, just looking for the positive and loving life and loving your boy. You know, it's it's why we get into moto. I say this all the time. Like, we go to the track, right? We love riding dirt bikes, but we also like the family that we get when we go to the track. Everybody becomes your family to a degree, at least in my mind. When you meet people and you see them at the track all the time, and you park next to them and you help each other set up your easy ups. I, that's why our sport's so awesome. Chris. Right. So there's many layers to this, okay. right, for me. Um, and I'll explain to you this way. So, Darks, and, and to, to, to your point, I, I, and you, you kind of know this about me, Dark Side. I don't let a lot of people in to my circle. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like a recluse-ish. Like, I love going out and doing things with people, but as far as, you know, being a part of my family, quote-unquote family, I have to really get to know you, right? Mm-hmm. And the guys that I have, I feel like, are strong enough of a bond that you can do whatever the fuck you want because you're inside of my family now. Like, you use whatever you want. You can come and go as you please. That's just how I'm built. Now, with saying that, there are times. Like, I have an I have a, my home office, right? So I'm in my home office. Sometimes someone will come by, and I'm like you, you know, dark side. I'm like, hey, man. I've got shit to do. I can't have you hanging out. Like, i got to work. Yeah. So there are times where I'm like, Steve, I'm like, hey, man, um, just can't hang out right now. And it is tough to tell them this at times because they think, oh, you just ride dirt bikes for a living or <laughs> you're just typing. But yet I have to really concentrate on what I'm doing. And when Heather and Aiden get home, I'm kind of unplugged because, one, I can't work with Heather and Aiden around, noise, they ask me questions, and I get sidetracked. And then, two, I want to hang out with them. So there's, it's just not black and white. Yes, they do come over. Yes, they weed wax the backyard. But it's not like people are just rolling in 24-7. I think Steve's so fucking uh, never have anybody come over. So when one dude comes over in three days, he's like, oh, my God, it's crazy around right. here. You know? well, so, and he loves to exaggerate uh, things. I mean, it's you know, yeah. f- for radio and, you know, uh, well, I guess I'll announce here. I assume, you know, Chris, that Steve settled on a date for me to come out October 5th. Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I, I was like, hey, where, do I need to book a reservation to, you know, for a room or something? Because I just, from what you hear from Steve, like, you'd think it was creepy if I stayed, <laughs> stayed at his house, right? That was what was in my mind. He's like, no, dude, you can just stay here. And I was, I was actually surprised. I was like, okay. Oh, my God. This is great. This is great. Yeah. I cannot. This is a good show. I cannot I can't, I'm Mark on a calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah, it's going to be good. And, and you mentioned the music earlier, right? I literally have already been trying to decide, like, well, what song am I going to pick? Because this is huge to me. This is going to be my song coming out of a commercial break on Pulp MX. What do I pick? <laughs> you know, do I, you know, I, like, it's, oh, it's blowing my mind. I don't know what to do yet. Triple J, go Steve ahead. Is, Steve, is like, Steve is like your stew. Like, you're like, don't want to, like, Dude, no. hang out with them. No, you wanna, no. You want to, like, hang out. <laughs> Uh, hey, Justin, Justin's right, dude. Justin's right. Like, I feel like at one point, maybe not now because you've been around him. Yeah. But at one point, Steve was your stew. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Definitely, I wouldn't say that anymore. I have insane respect for what he's done and how he does his show and how good he is at what he does. Uh, but, yes, in 17 or so, like the first time when I literally standing out the, outside the pro circuit tent before I was even media, and he and Mitch and Weeds were sitting on the steps of the rig talking, and I just oh, stood there. Overload. You were overloaded right yeah. now. I stood there for 10, 15 minutes waiting for Steve to notice me so he could sign my pulp shirt. And, <laughs> dude. And, dude uh, that was your RC, your RV, yeah. and your suit just staring you in the face. Yep. And then the next year. Next year, come back to Dallas, and it was my first Supercross, and I met him for the first time up in the uh, press box, and I I sat next to him the whole race, right? And I was like, okay, you got to be cool, got to be cool, can't talk too much because he's going to get annoyed. So yeah, oh my god, you you guys aren't you guys aren't wrong. I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. That's cool. Um, Hey, what you just said right there, you said uh, I'm waiting for him to notice me. Come on, dude. (laughs) Hey. That's what I did, dude. I didn't want to bother him. Dude, like, the first time, this is off the pulp, you know, train or whatever, but the first time that I did media at any race was Lakewood 17. I went on media day. I don't know that I saw any but other media person there. I didn't know how it worked. I stood outside Rocky Mountain's uh, tent waiting for Blake Baggett for probably 45 minutes. I didn't even know I could just walk in and talk to him. <laughs> I had to wait, and then Keely was like, hey, how are you? And like, that's how I got to talk to Blake. I was super green, dude. No idea. So I've, I've come. Hey, to this day, like, honestly, like, when I go do these interviews and stuff, I don't, I know most of these guys. Right. And I don't like to do it. I don't like to talk about the races. Like, I feel weird, too. Like, you know, it's just, it just seems weird to me. Like, it's, it's a tough deal. Like, I tell everybody all the time, there's a lot going on when Steve or you, you go to these races. You got a lot of shit to do. Bro, it's, yeah, it, uh, I could tell stories of the first few, like how manic I was. Because uh, the first Supercross I ever did was Houston 18. And then I had like a written uh, timetable, basically. All right, I'm going to talk to this guy. Then I'm going to go to this guy. And it went to shit instantly. Because instantly I went, Mandy, Mandy at the time at Honda was like, yeah, you can't talk to Kenny right now. He's busy. And that just blew my whole world up. I was like, well, now what do I do? And, yeah. And Mandy's so gnarly anyway. Oof. Like, Mandy tells you something. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, she scared me. Like, Vanessa at Kawasaki and Shay at KTM, awesome and sweet. And Mandy was sweet, too. But she is all business, and she scared me. Uh, she's gone now. The new girl, I think, is Shayla at Honda. 
Uh, but yeah, that it, it, you're right, man. It's manic. There's a lot going on. Uh, and I, I've been learning a lot in the last few years. And Steve's helped out a tr- ton, of which I've already mentioned. Um, Triple J, so kind of back, do kind of back to what, kind of back to what Chris was saying earlier, though. Yeah. Uh, to get back on this, get on the show topic. Uh, I think it's like how you how your parents are. Like I grew up, my dad would go up to people's houses, they would have a beer, mm. or people would come over to my house and they would have a beer. So I think a lot of it's how you're raised, and maybe I don't know if that's how it's for Chris too, but. We always had people at our house, or we were always at somebody's house. You know what I mean? So, I think you, when you like Chris, when you have that tight circle, it's one of those things to where it's, uh, it doesn't feel weird. It's just it's just a normal thing. But uh, at least it's how it was for us. Right. Well, hey, I just got a message on Discord from a Travis Marks. We sort of just touched on this, Kiefer, but I'm going to go ahead and read the question anyway. How legitimately upset is Kiefer about Steve not wanting him to show up unannounced? And did you listen to Metallica on the drive home? Uh, I did listen to Metallica on the drive home, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I, I'm not mad. Right. Disappointed. I'm going to say what my parents should say to me. I'm just disappointed. Yep, yep. I could yeah. feel that. Okay, so Triple J, I was about to ask you. Um, yeah. Somebody, either JT or Chris, said that Steve is just sort of antisocial. Um, and then... He, you, Chris made the comment that you really can't, basically you can't change Steve or JT. You can't argue with them. They're too hard-headed. They're never going to change. Uh, would you agree mm-hmm. with that? You, I guess you just have to accept Steve and JT for who they are. Yeah, probably. They've proved it time and time again. It's, you know, like Steve's proved it on the show doing stuff. Like with our Steve, like, well, I win. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. right, you're wrong. Sure. I'm right, you're wrong. Um, JT said multiple times, he's like, you're not going to change my mind. Like, they're not shy about telling you, like, hey, like, I don't care what your opinion is. This is mine, and you can suck it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, Chris Betts. So, Betts is one of those God, guys. He's good. What's that? I said he's good. Okay, so that, I, I'm glad you said that. So, he's one of those guys, and I mentioned this last week because he was in studio. He's a guy that you either love or hate. There's guys in the Pulp chat room during the show on YouTube that are sick of bets. I see the tweets are sick of bets, but then there's people that love bets. Uh, that segment was full of drops, like things that we could pull for the show. Um, Kiefer, I don't know how much you've been involved with Chris Betts, but uh, he's obviously an AC lover. He's got some hot takes. I mean, you, you know, last week he had the Kickstarter situation. He has the horn uh, horn idea now. But really, as a guy that's a new fan, a very uneducated fan of Moto. What do you think of him? Uh, I think he's. I, I like. I like that a lot. I mean, I've had a, you know more than just the show hours with them. I spent some time with them riding dirt bikes. I spent right. some time with them traveling. Um, so he's high energy. He is maybe not quite as high energy as he is on the show, but he's always his brain is always working. Like, he thinks of these things, right? And for me, I like those type of people that are outside the box a little bit makes me think because I can just get stuck in a rut and just be the same kind of person. And when I meet guys like that, I'm like, that sounds so fucking stupid, but <laughs> almost makes sense. You're like, huh. You know, so it's, uh, I think he's a good, I, I think he's a good dude. Of course, you mix alcohol with anybody like high energy, and I think that's where, some of our listeners, I feel like, might be like, okay, it could be a shtick. Sure. You know, the white claw thing and all this. But um, 
for me, I don't know, Betts is cool, dude. I like that he's a super fan of the sport. I like that he doesn't even really ride, and he knows a lot about our sport. So I think that's bitching. I, I do, too. I think it's cool to get new people involved and, and, and how passionate he is. His horn idea, you know, Talon kind of touched on it. And on my show a few weeks ago, I had Darian Hickey. She's a Vegas uh, desert rider that tried to do Vegas to Reno solo. And she brought up the horn thing or the not the horn, the the digital display that Talon was talking about when the trucks were coming behind her. That was kind of a warning. So, like, it wasn't that stupid of an idea, right? I mean, if you look at it as, oh, let's strap on a bicycle horn, you know, then it's kind of dumb. But it does seem like, Triple J, there could be some way, you know, like they talked about with uh, MotoGP, there could be some way to say, hey, here's a little warning other than just the blue flags. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that one flagger called in and they talked about it, you know, how yeah. you can't really stay on the track. But some of these situations, I feel like you just have to, you know, put a high put a high vis jacket, like a construction worker on these guys and, you know, get them out there to where it's not dangerous, but it's also, you know, visible. Because sometimes our sport is dangerous with blind jumps and blind landings. And um, so the more we can do to keep, you know, lappers out of the way or uh, rest down safe. riders, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where we have the resources. I think we just need to find a way to use them. Yeah, and speaking of uh, flaggers, let's listen to what Betts had to say. Do you have any comments on that flagger? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Oh my god. Turn my speakers oh my down. God. Are we? Are we? Are we going? <laughs> like, I I would put money on it that the people that Phil calls bingo for in Canada would do a better fucking job than these people. The, okay, I'd I rewatched this a couple times. The flag was out. You better put your body in front of that bike to make sure it goes around you. The people at Not Scary Farm get more of a fucking tryout for their job than the flaggers do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was a funny comment. He also, I didn't get this clip. He he said at some point that... uh, he said, you have enough teeth. Like, their, their requirement is, all right, you have enough teeth. You could be a flagger. That was funny. But he he's wrong, Chris. And Like, those guys can't get in front on the track and get run over. They're just average guys. Uh, they do make more than 30 bucks or what I think you said like they don't get paid that much. But I was told they get like three or 400 bucks for the day. And that's that ain't bad. No, and, and here's the thing. Yeah, that doesn't know. But, I mean, you can't block the riders i mean i've seen it happen which is cool but in that area you couldn't do that and there's a lot of things we could do better in the flagging world i just feel like the riders can help themselves at at times to kind of you know get out of their zone a little bit and be more aware but in this situation i think we didn't really talk about on the show is in that area in that time of morning the sun's in your eyes yeah. So you can't really see. So I think you're concentrating on the line of the ruts and there's mud, and I think you're missing some of the, the flag. And um, like I said, the flag was out. It wasn't being waved. I think the guy should be waving it like hell and uh, do something a little bit different. But, man, we do need to do something in our sport about flagging and, and so on and so forth. Well, let me ask you this, man, because you, you've rode at a very high level. Uh, you've rode at the professional level, and you pay attention – two rider technique and whatnot a lot of these running incidents were got like when zach hit the lapper uh was that red red bud one maybe iron man. yeah iron, iron man. man okay like that was zach's fault like sometimes i think these guys are not chris looking ahead that's one of the first things we're taught look ahead 
And sometimes I don't know that they are. Am I wrong, or I mean, you probably see it uh, a lot better than I do. Um, they look ahead, and, and sometimes maybe some of them don't. But what it is, and I think most of what it is, is what I call the invincible feeling. These mm. guys are so good. They're mm-hmm. so fast. They assume everyone else is watching out for them, or if you're in their line, hey, what the fuck are you doing? That's my line. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of posted some up on Twitter just a little while ago about Colton Ack and Justin Barsha at Paula. Yep. Barsha just ran, basically ran right over Colton. And they just assume, since you're slower, you're just going to move over. And some of these guys do. Some of them say, hey, fuck you. Like, this is my line, too. You you didn't make this rut. You own this rut. Nope. <laughs> right. No, find somewhere else to go. Yep. So, I think that's a good point. I didn't really think about that, but that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up the Barsha Colton X story. Uh, that was told during the Pulpamex show Monday night. Great story. So we're not even going to get into that. Um, what I want to do next is uh, so as I mentioned, Triple J, you are a WPS rep. Fly racing, mm-hmm. huge part of Pulpamex, big part of the Moto X Pod show. Uh, Chris, you are now part a fi- of Keeper Inc. Yeah, I say you are officially. Uh, Fly Racing is on board with Kiefer Inc. Even though you do test other gears, there's an understand other gear companies. There is an understanding, uh, so they're a huge part. And they're hell, they're a, a part of Daniel Blair's main event moto. They're they're very heavily involved in the podcast world that we love, including Pulpamex. Um, I am looking right now at my brand new Formula CC in red and tan that just showed up today. Uh, so. Let's let's talk about fly racing, but first I want to. Uh, we had a caller, Liz, Monday night, who had a slogan, I guess. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna play that real quick, and then we'll discuss fly racing for a moment. I don't want to blow fly, yeah, but like that is a really good helmet. Liz, you there? <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Hey, guys. How hey, you what's doing? going on, Liz? So I just want to say it's totally off topic. It's yep. not about weed whacking or dick whacking okay. or something. Right. But <laughs> it is gear related. Okay. Uh, I just put my husband up with the new fly racing stuff, and I got something catchy. You ready for it? Yeah. Heard you were fly racing formula style. Uh, is it catchy, JT? <laughs> Kiefer, anybody? I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. Uh, 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 there was a little editing going on there, but uh, <laughs> there's a little editing going on there, but yeah, not so catchy. Uh, Triple J, what I mean, look, I appreciate her passion, I appreciate what uh, Kiefer said. You know, she bought her hel- a husband a helmet that's badass. Um, no, I, I but I, I feel like if I was her husband, I'm like, yeah, I mean, did he get it? Do you think he understood? Because I didn't get it. No, I didn't get it, and then to be completely honest with you, I, I fast forward, I usually. When callers call in, I'm really bad about fast forwarding. Oh, really? Well, okay, so let's touch on that for just a second. Why? What, you, why don't you like the callers? Because some of them drag on, or they like get super obnoxious, and it's like just get to the point. Like I don't mean to be an asshole, but a lot of times it's just like, or they'll interrupt. Like they'll ask a question, and like Chris or Steve will try to talk about it, and then they'll interrupt. I'm like, dude, you just asked a question. Like wait for these guys to answer. Yeah, that so part. That part's definitely un- irritating when they when they talk over. Somebody like I'm doing to you right now. No, you're good. I just, I just, for me, the callers are just sometimes there's some good ones, um, but a lot of times I just tend to fast forward because they'll just drag on. If it's 
If it's longer than 30 seconds or a minute, I'm usually just hitting a 30-second clip on. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, I appreciate Liz's attempt at the very least. And like we said, she's involved with what her husband loves. That's pretty cool. Um, okay. Yeah, thank you for buying a formula, Liz. I really appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. See, yeah, we can't really be mad at that. Um, all right, no, Chris. Heck no. This is uh, something that I kind of mentioned to you when I wanted to get you on here tonight. Uh, Pulpamex, you've been heavily involved with Pulpamex. Steve mentioned at the start of the show, you know, you were with DirtRider.com, but, you know, you have your own thing now, Keith Rank Testing. Um, how much of an impact really has Pulp had? How did it change your um, t- the traje- trajectory of your you know, your job, your, your life. I mean, cause, and I'm not, not trying to blow Steve here, but it really had a big impact, a big influence on where you are now compared to three, four or five years ago. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not uh, scared to talk about it. I, I, I tell Steve this and me being me, I'm appreciative. I like letting people know how, how if I care about them, what I feel. And I tell Steve, you know, at least a few times a year, man, Hey, I really appreciate what you've done for me. And, to elaborate on that, like when I when I left Dirt Rider, um, Chris Dennison was the editor. He left before me. He actually wanted to turn me on the idea of doing my own website, start my own media company, and I was like, "Dude, you're high. There's no way I can do all that because I was never an editor. I was always an associate editor." Well, he talked me into it. I did that, and as soon as you know, I told Steve I was leaving. He was one of the first ones to, "Hey, I'll, you know, I can't pay you much, but you can write you can write stuff for Pulp." Um, and even before that, even when I was at Dirt Rider, and we did these these podcasts, and I wasn't a co-host yet, he's like, "Hey, it's fun to to talk to you about this stuff. You should come up and 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 try this stuff." Mm-hmm. So you know, and I did, and it just kind of snowballed. And and for me, I think what what Steve and Paul did was gave me a platform to be who I am, and that's what I always say. Like at the magazine of Dirt Rider, I couldn't be who I was. Um, I'm an unpolished person. I, I make mistakes. Um, I love dirt bikes. I love testing. And I got to to do all of that with Steve because Steve was an unfiltered media outlet. And I think I didn't know how big it was going to turn out to be. And and I owe Steve, if it, we're doing percentage pies, I'd say I would owe Steve 80% of what is going on with, with what's going, you know, what's going on with me today. You know, 20%, I think people knew who I was through the magazine and just being around the sport. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, Pulp gave me a voice. So, yeah, I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah, like I've said, uh, and Triple J, it's probably very similar when I talk about Adam Intonap or A-Ray, guys I maybe wouldn't have paid attention to. I doubt I would have ever heard of Chris if not for Pulp. I, I didn't read Dirt Rider uh, until, you know, until I heard about Chris and I made I got a subscription to support you and you know before you left so yeah pulp i think that's pretty cool triple j um what do you think about chris's what he's added to pulp nation i think it's really good i'm I'm on the same page with chris you know i, I try to thank people because there's a you know the last couple of years i've i've had a lot of people in my life that have introduced me to other people and helped me build you know do the shows with you you know meeting Chris, like, so I always try to tell those people, like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm really appreciative of having you help me get to where I am today, because, like Chris said, a lot of times you just don't know what path you can go, so you always want to try to just work on those relationships and never burn any bridges, so um, I'm really grateful for the people I've met and what it's taught me, so I have to agree with Chris on that. 
Yeah. I, um, but as far, go sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I, I I think I may have said this last week or at some point on here. Same thing with me and my show. You know, when we started out a few years ago, literally our show had, I don't know, 10, 15 listeners. It was just a lot before I was even involved with it. And I, I started asking Steve questions through email before I ever had his phone number or whatever. And he would answer and he would give me advice. And I would go to the to A1 and say, hey, can I ask you a couple questions about podcast stuff? And he would say, yeah, sure, go ahead. He wasn't the character sometimes that he plays on the show where he didn't give a shit. He actually helped me he like chris was busting my balls earlier about having a droid not an iphone steve literally is like dude i will send you an iphone it will help you he'll just i'll, I'll send you one i got extra you know and he's helped me with so much um so i you know i could see how much it meant means to me i know how much it means to me so i can only imagine what he's done for you chris and it's really cool to see his passion for the sport even though sometimes he acts like it's not there in certain situations he does care about the people that that he gets close to yeah and and i don't think people see this side of steve too off air you know he actually tells me he's like hey man you brought a lot to pulp as well so yeah it was a mutual um i think it's a mutual uh agreement between us that we help each other and i just like we talked about earlier steve's part of my family like steve i will do anything i can for steve and i think he's the same way but he will throw in a little bit more jab than I do. <laughs> right, I'm right. more, I'm more of a soft yeah. guy with 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 that red heart, and Steve has a red heart with a little bit of gray in there. So, sure. Uh, um, yeah. So it's it's a mutual thing, and I feel like uh, you know, I feel like I bring something different to the show than other co-hosts, and Keep I try to dark. respect that when I t- talk to, uh, you know, when just like Justin was saying, when callers call and ask me a question. I try to pay attention to him and try not to blow him off, do it like what Kenny did back in the day. So Right. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um I think that's the biggest difference I've noticed in the last couple of years is Steve's turned into not only a media show, but it's now like a almost like a tech show to where people know they can come to Steve for information, but yep. then they also have Chris to to get, you know, the other information they need. So it's like they almost feed off each other to to build the show to be even bigger because it's like, okay, you're going to go, you're going to know into the sport, but then you're also going to know about a personal side that's going to affect you on the weekend. So you're getting, you know, both ends of the stick. You're going to have your fun and then you're going to have your business. And it's like, they kind of put those together and do a really good job. Absolutely. And, and typically, like you said, Chris will get back with you unless you're Cade Clayson or the lawyer. Sorry, dude. Most, <laughs> most of the time, Chris gets back to you. Um, I have a question here on Discord from Lucas. I think you've mentioned the answer to this, Kiefer, but he wants to know if UPS was put back on the table after LL. Uh, I was, I say we had a long drive home, so that actually did cross my mind. And uh, UPS was on the table, but I just let it drive by the house. I just said, yeah, okay. keep it moving. Uh, yeah, see, that's probably given back to your wife, right? Because maybe she, it didn't seem like that was her thing necessarily. She was doing it for you. Maybe you gave back a little bit and said, nah, I'll let you go this time. It, it's not her thing, and that doesn't get me going, right? Right. So I'm not getting all hyped up on something that she ain't into. Sure. Yeah, you've said that before. I think that's awesome. I love the key for After Dark stuff, and we're going to touch on that. A couple more topics. I got a funny – oh, go ahead, Dark sorry. Well, no, go ahead. You had a, you had a funny what? I got a funny story about Loretta's, honestly. Uh, sorry, Steve, to get off the show topic. But, uh, so, when Chris won his title, Kenny Day had to leave early, and Kenny's the Alpine star yep. rep. 
Yep. Uh, he had to leave early, and he's like, hey, if Chris, win- when Chris wins the title, take him a half. So I was like, okay, cool, I got you. So Chris wins. I'm eating lunch or dinner or whatever, and somebody's like, hey, Chris has won. you got to get him a hat. And I'm like, shit, I don't have an infield pass. So I scramble. I get a hat out of the thing. I find an infield pass. And I'm a big dude. I'm, you know, over 200-something pounds. I run to the podium, throw Chris a hat, and uh, I'm, like, out of breath. And I'm like, I said, can you a picture? Like, hey, I'm a little size, but here's, you know, Chris got his hat. So I just thought it was kind of funny. And then uh, the, the moral of that story is Chris still has that hat today, and I sent Kenny a picture. I'm like, hey, just so you know, that was my hat. I gave it up for Chris so you can get your photo. So I oh, just nice. like, thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I actually did. I, I was gonna I was gonna tell him thank you for the hat when um I just put the name with the face earlier in this whole thing. I'm like, Oh shit, I still got his hat and I still fucking <laughs> wear it. <laughs> ah, keep it. He can get another <laughs> I literally one. Pulled, yeah, I literally pulled that out of my hat bag. It was in my hat bag. I'm like, this is the only one I have and it matches Evo gear perfect. Oh. I'm like, I'm taking this one. There you go. Um, okay. We're gonna go back a week, Chris. Right now, we're going to go flashback a week to uh, last week's show. Uh, let me play a little piece of audio, and we'll, we'll have a discussion. The, the, listen, the it's, person I was talking to, bike. the person I was talking to, agreed with me. They're like, "What the fuck okay. is that? Who is this person? I can't. I don't want to bury him. Why? I don't want to bury him. We're all hating on him off together. He, he lives in the high des. He likes sandwiches. His name may or may not be on. That motherfucker told me in a text, run what you like, that's your bike. Wow, he's, he, he's listen, full of uh, shit. He's full of shit. Cause, like, uh, you got to live up to standards. We were both making fun of all your stickers on the front fender. But you're fucked. Last, yeah, and, he, and he promised you a trip to Vegas? Yeah, he's going to fly me out to, to co-host probably in the next month. So, yeah, that's a done awesome. deal. Well, that's the least you can do. I mean, your graphics <laughs> did suck. <laughs> okay. So the first piece of audio, Chris, was us talking about my graphics last week. Uh, and at first he wouldn't give you up. Um, and I texted you afterwards and you said, wasn't you and kind of cleared it up a little bit this past Monday night. I had the second piece of audio at the end was actually my graphics guy who said, yeah, your graphics sucked. And he told me last night on my show that him and his designer were actually on board that they thought it was too many logos. And I asked him the same thing I asked you, like, we're friends. Why would you not tell me this? And Shan Garcia from Berm Lords is just like, yeah, because it's funnier not to tell you and let you get made fun of. Uh, so, uh, Chris, man, I thought we were bros, man. Why would you not tell me that, dude, it's it's a little much? Look, here, I, I, I got to go back and find this message because I am, I'm 99% sure I probably laughed. I probably laughed. Okay. And then I probably said, it's his bike. Fuck it. So here's what I feel like. Would I do what you did to my bike? Hell no. I'm out. <laughs> okay. That's way too much shit going on. Like okay. I am I am a stock graphic guy. I'm I don't want graphics. I'm mm. just a normal clean looking dude, but I get you want to support the people and I appreciate you putting my name on there and his name on there. And but for me, it's not my cup of tea. Okay. But I don't want to be that guy to you and be like, dude, that thing. I'm not Steve. I'm like, oh, that thing's a piece of shit. Like, I, I wouldn't do it. It's your, it's your taste. It's what you like. Fuck what I, who cares about what I think? Well, okay. So, I, and I appreciate that point. But I know you and I are not best friends by any means. But, you know, I, we've become friends. So if you see right. me in a fashion faux pas, you know, if you ever, like, you've kind of talked to me about gear matching before at one point. I think I had some 
some gear that didn't match or something. Like I, I would appreciate my buddies saying, "Bro, that's that you, you missed you missed it there or something." Like you're, I'm not going to be butt hurt. So I would have appreciated you saying, "Yeah." I mean, it, first of all, the way Steve made it sound was like you were. He says it was atrocious, and you agreed. Basically, is how Steve made it sound. <laughs> so, and you kind of told me, "Yeah, you know, he's probably." exaggerating a little bit but i i would not have a problem with you telling me eh, maybe that doesn't look so good but going back to something you said a minute ago i'm also appreciative right like you you mentioned about your stuff so when guts racing gives me a seat for free or gives me a discount or when fly racing gives me a discount or you know, uh, john anderson at w gives me a hookup and I, to me i'm nobody dude compared to Steve Mathis or you, I am not going to get the same. Um, I'm not going to move the dial for their sales anywhere near what those other guys are. So when they help me out, it means so much to me because three years ago, I was just the guy on the couch watching on TV, right? I was no, I didn't have any connection. So I want everybody that helps me to get support. And somehow I forgot to put the pulp logo on there. We talked about that last week. But, That's perfect. Yeah, that was, and that is being changed. So now that you said that, now that we've opened the door, okay, you, you, it was cracked. Now you kicked it open. So I will do that now that you you expressed that to me. That door's open. I can yep. like talk shit if it's not. Oh good. yeah. I just felt like at that moment, that's your speed. You do what you want with it. I, I don't want to fuck with you. That's fine. Now the door is open. So cut your ponytail then, please. That's not going to happen. The Amber Amber would be pissed. Uh, I've cons- well, look, come on, dude. It's not nineteen eighty eight anymore. We got to get rid of that thing. Talk to Amber. She she told me if I cut my hair off, she's cutting her hair off. Perfect. Short hair on chicks hot. <sighs> yeah, there are some chicks I can pull it off. Yeah, I dig my. How long's your, how long's that how long's that hair been there? I started growing it in nineteen ninety five. Holy shit. It's been cut. Uh, every time it gets to a certain point, I cut about a foot off and I donate it. Because you have to, like probably like Heather, she, they, they want 12 inches um, minimum. So when it gets long enough, I cut it and I donate it. But every time I do that, Amber's kind of pissed. Okay, and now the door's open. Yeah, I'm right. keep going. Okay, Here. do it. Um, as far as media guys, you stand out. Because it's the ponytail, it's the bandana. Like, I, I'm down with it, but, like, I, you might scare some people off looking like that. I'm just saying. That's that's a fair point. I think, thankfully, most people have gotten to know me, but I definitely right. have gotten some looks. Like, AC, for sure, I think had an issue with me. He was kind of standoffish. And then with the, the question that I asked Cooper Webb at Vegas last year, those things combined, like, AC was de- – I noticed him not being very friendly – uh, and some of it may have been the the appearance. You're, you're, I, I accept that. I just feel like you don't get to see that ever, right? You don't right. see many people look like you, so they might think this guy's a piece of work. Like I don't sure. know what the fuck to do with this dude, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point, um, dude. I've, I've considered so, cutting the hair a little bit, but uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't done that yet. Then that that's my thing now, though. That is everybody knows now, you yeah. for it. Yeah, everybody knows you for it. Yeah. Um, Triple J. Like Reed. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to be like, Reed, get her the two, too. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think that the ponytail's quite as uh, 
synonymous as the tutu was. But yeah, I, I dude, the ponytail has made it onto the nationals with the word of the day from Weege back uh, two years ago, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I, got, I remember that. I got to run it for a little bit longer, anyway. If, if I, I think uh, October fifth, you got to give Chris or Steve a pair of scissors and Ooh. let him take off like an inch, just for the just for the fans on, on live. Hmm. Like maybe we should do it for the show when you come on the show the fifth. That would actually that's what I'm yeah, that's October fifth, like show. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm, yeah. I don't know about that. We'll we'll let's let let's, him just take off a little bit. Let's uh <laughs> let's get back to the point, the topic at hand. Triple J. All right. My graphics, uh, you can tell me what yeah. you thought of them, but here's my thing. Like I asked Steve this, who goes, right? Who do I say, ah, oh, man, you didn't make the cut? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Like, they are busy for me. I'm the same as Chris. Like, I can give you a picture. I just finished my bike. Yep. Um, so they are a little busy for me. But uh, the thing that you do that I don't do is you put them in multiple spots. I usually put... Them on, I find a spot, and that's their spot. So, like, Kiefer's on the shroud. I would have done him on the front fender because he's on the shroud. Yeah, so, Kiefer got too um, many spots, to be honest. I did. Yeah. I will say and that. Then so you got you got guts on the front fender. I would have moved the guts to the fork bar. Like, you got 80,000 logos on your front fender, but you only have two on it's your like six, dude. fork guard. Okay. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just being so, I Okay, I kind of touched on this last week. Chris, you know a little bit. Three months ago or so, I was going through some stuff with my chick, dude. I was in a, I was not in a good place. At this point, right. that's when my graphics guy's like, "Hey, send me your logos," because I was working the deal, <laughs> and I just sent the logos. And when he sent me the proof, I was like, "Yeah, fine." I didn't look at it that close. He did. Somebody on Twitter was like, "You need to get a new graphics company." They did exactly what I asked. I just didn't really proof it very well and realized there was three Kiefer inks and no pulp. Like that's on me, but. At the time, I didn't really care. So, And now when I go out in the shop, like I went out last night, for, well, I'd say three or four times since last Monday, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to pull that front fender sticker off. And I get in there, I'm like, fuck it. I like it. I don't care what they think. So y'all can suck it. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I just sent you oh, and Chris a picture of my new bike, and I just, I just finished it. I just did a build with a bunch of guys. Um, so you can kind of see what I'm into. Okay, we'll uh, check that out. Um I want to wrap, start wrapping this thing up. I do want to say uh, this particular Monday night, I felt like there was way too many tweet at Talon, tweet at, twit, tweet at tits, because everybody on the chat room wanted to get to Kiefer after dark. So that was a little bit of an issue for me Monday night. Uh, before we touch on Kiefer after dark, which is our last topic, I want to touch on Cole, who was on hold for three and a half hours. Oh, my God. He is on Discord right now as well. He, had some, he has some pretty funny ta- uh, comments here, but... The guy wanted to know how 11-1 beats a 6-4. Dude, the guy yep. waited three and a half hours. That is dedication. And it was funny that he's like, well, you know, at least it wasn't four. So, yeah, uh, he played it all. Yeah, Triple J, I wow. mean, it, he, he didn't understand how it works. We, we're going to make fun of you. But still, the guy has passion enough to stay on hold with Pulpamex for four hours almost. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, it's Actually, a lot of people seems like they don't know that i've been you know asked that a couple times too it's like why isn't because you know a lot of amateur racing i think loretta's doesn't still the way too it's olympic scoring so if you go three one two you get you know six points um so i think a lot of people 
don't understand that you get paid twenty five per moto, right? Um, and then they break down from there. So I yeah. get his call, but I, I don't know if it's worth almost three and a half hours of uh, wait time. Well, but he made a good point. He said he was listening to the show, anyways. Yeah, he he clearly felt like it was scored like amateur racing, and maybe the guy's new to the sport. I don't know, Chris, but. We always say we want our sport to grow, right? So if this guy is somebody that's relatively new to the sport and he's found Pulp MX and he's learning from the show, it's it, you know Steve's gonna bust on his ball, bust his balls. But I, I think he got a prize, didn't he get a shirt or something? Yeah, yeah. Here's here's the thing. I've been around a little bit with Steve, so when we get these calls, I already know what's coming. Like I, I just have to look at Steve's face, mm. and I already know this guy is gonna get a ration of shit. And uh, as soon as he asked the question, I looked up. And if you look back at the, at the video, you can see me look at Steve. And I knew right away, I go, oh, this guy's going to get blasted. This guy's poor guy's on three hours, and Steve does not even understand why you're on hold for that fucking long. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, but, but you have to know that if you're calling to the Pulp Show. And Cole, like I said, he's yeah. on Discord right now, and he's making fun of himself. So, cool, man. More power to the guy. Last topic. The Grill Your Ass Off, Kiefer After Dark segment. Everybody pretty much loves this segment. little piece of audio. We'll discuss a couple things, and we'll get out of here. I, Keep back and be careful, dude. There's no way in hell I'm ever wearing a condom with Heather. It's just not, not going to happen. Now, it if it's for it. the sake of tr- testing, I will do that. <laughs> okay, so that was just a small piece from the Kiefer After Dark. There was a ton of good, uh, I don't know, I guess they were emails, or there was a bunch of good... Uh, segments for or topics for Kiefer After Dark, but this is the first one. I just wanted to pull that audio because one, I thought it was funny. Two, it goes back to who you are, Chris. Like I'm never ever going to do this eh, unless it's testing. Like you are all about testing product, and you are all about being honest about that product. You're super passionate, so I like it. But yeah, I'm out on the the condoms myself. But dude, I, honestly though, this in general, Kiefer After Dark, like. You get so hyped over this. You love this segment, but I, I don't think it's because like oh you're you're just a I mean you are a dirty minded guy, but not but that's not why you love this. You love this because you love helping people. Look, I love if I like talking about love, uh, people's relationships, vagina, dick. I love it all. Like I, it's part of life. We all have a, a part, you know, a, a body part. We have. You have a dick, dark side, I have one, Heather has a vagina. Like, we all, as humans, have the same kind of shit, and we don't talk about it, and we and if we do, we talk about it in a secret manner like it's dirty. Right. So I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit different. So I enjoy helping people through situations, and I've been wired that way since I was younger. My mom was disabled, so I think that part of me is wired, but I've had, I've had so many experiences in my life that I just, I like to talk about it because it's funny, you know? And uh, and for sake of testing, like, this always goes back. When people say, oh, do you want to test this? I go, yep. Because long time ago, um, you guys know Paul Seed at Race Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, a long time ago, when I was young, he always he came up to me and he started talking to me and didn't know who he was, didn't know nothing about him, and, he, and it struck a chord. He told me before I left, he's like, Chris, you're only as good as what you try. Mm. And that always stuck with me. Like, I, it makes sense. Like, I don't know what's out there, so let's try it. And then I'll decide myself if it's good or not. So even with rubbers, Dark Side, it's <laughs> only as good as what you try. Well, I appreciate your passion. Uh, Triple J, Kiefer After Dark, a um, couple good ones. You know, we had the condom test one. We had the beat-off story. 
the Kiefer's beat off story, and <laughs> then we had a, a hint of a desert island text. Uh, sounded like it was from Will Hahn, but it could have been from anybody. Who knows? Uh, what was your favorite part of Kiefer after dark Monday night? Yeah, the test, I think, is scripted that it's probably the most viewed and commented thing if you put it on his Instagram and said, new test stuff of Trojan Magnum. I feel like that thing would be, like, huge. Um, and then as far as the text went, I'm, that's the first thing I thought in my mind was Will Hahn. Yeah. Like, that just sounds like something Will would say. Well, uh, and they, they mentioned, oh, I think Steve at the end is like, yeah, go back to your star. Or he said something that was up. Yeah. But, but he could just be throwing Will under the bus. We don't really know. No, for sure. And then, I mean, I like that segment because it, it does have a lot. It makes you think. It really does. It kind of makes you think about your relationship and think about things. Like, it's it's actually a really good segment. I, I've always wondered how the analytics look on that segment, if they get a lot of oh, people yeah, to yeah. stay on or if it's, you know, if it dies off or if it's growing. Because, like, like, honestly, there is some – Chris does put some good insight and, in, you know, uh, the uh, Fields, Connor Fields, he actually put a lot of good insights yes. this week too. So um, I thought that was a really good segment this week, and the Tito thing was pretty funny too. I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know a lot of girls like don't get drunk and don't want to have sex. Like that just surprises me. Yeah, and I, I want to also give a shout out to the the sponsor of Kiefer After Dark. Grill your ass off. They are a uh, they're a Texas based company. They're vet owned. I I have the gunpowder and the Claymore. I haven't gotten any of the others yet because they, they're always sold out because the stuff's so damn good. They can't keep it in. But um, how'd that sponsor come about, Chris? Actually, the guy hit up Steve. Oh, okay. Me and Steve always say it would be cool to have a sponsor, and then I guess that guy ended up getting with Steve and sponsored it. So it's funny. On, on, on this segment, I get a lot of personal emails about these things. So um, I, I, I try to answer those as well because I like, like I said, I like helping people, but um, Steve sent me a text today and from some random dude that says, I don't know how Kiefer stays married with all the shit, all the stuff he talks about with about Heather being, you know, how open I am about things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I laugh because I'm, I'm Heather's one, she's cool. Right. But two, it's all the same shit. I would tell her if we were by ourselves. So, it's not anything surprising, you know, and I'm pretty open. She knows that when we got, when we got together. So um, that's what I think is funny with these other relationships. Like these guys aren't the same dudes that they're different with their homies and they're different with their chicks. So you oh, got to be the same dude. Absolutely. I think the stuff that surprises me and like that, that text might have been uh, kind of talking about is like when you say something like, you know, Heather's vagina is not the best feeling vagina I've ever had. Or you talk about right. her not being faithful. Like most women, like a lot of your buddies, chicks would be like pissed that you're sharing that information. And like you said, Heather is super cool, very rare find. Um, you know, and not to mention beautiful, but those her personality is very unusual. So those, I get surprised too, when I hear you say some things and like, there's times when Heather's not in the studio and you say something, I'm like, dude, like most chicks would be calling you and be like, what the <laughs> fuck? And it's, it, but it's cool because it is perfect for a key for after dark type segment that you're able to be honest and give people the, good advice. And I, I love that you reference the five love languages a lot on uh, coffee with the keepers and the things you do. That's uh, it. Like you're you're an emotional guy, man, um, and I feel like I'm very similar. Like 
sometimes I feel like I'm more like a chick than my chick sometimes with how I think about things. Yeah. So I, I appreciate all that stuff. And I think Kiefer after the dark's awesome. Um, I have one more question for this from discord, uh, NRG781, Kiefer wants to know, what is in Barsha's bar pad in the video of his exchange with Eck? I didn't look. I'd have to okay. look again. I didn't really pay attention to that. Okay. So it might just be some kind of oh, form of, uh, of a watch or something that he put inside the phone so he doesn't have to wear it, you know? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, G- uh, JGR, Kiefer, that's happening, right? You're going to do the JGR ride? Yeah, I guess so. Shit, I didn't know that until Steve told me. But, yeah, I'm down. One, North Carolina Dirt's awesome. Two, Serata Suzuki, that's fast, is awesome. So I'm down. That's cool because, like, Steve jokingly said last time you were in, yeah, I'm out if we have to go there. But he's actually probably going to do it. So, once again, a little bit of shtick. Um, Okay, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, Triple J, do you have anything else before we go? No, I just want to say thank you to you and Chris for the time. So I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm always excited to do these. So thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and you were on my show last night doing a Red Bud wrap-up. Uh, Kiefer, I appreciate you coming on. Like you said, I know how busy you are, and uh, you generally try to make time no, for I, me. No, I appreciate it. And I uh, want to thank Justin, too. He was really cool to me at Loretta's and helped let me hang out by the fan while it was hot and bullshitted. <laughs> He's a down-to-earth dude. No, so it was cool. So uh, thanks to Justin, and thank you, Dark Side. Dark Side, don't listen to the haters. Nope. Keep doing your thing. Hey. Um, maybe we'll cut the ponytail at some point. That'll be fun. Straight up. October are, 5th. October 5th. The tides have really turned with the haters in the last two months. Um, I get a lot. Ride the wave, Dark Side. Ride the wave. Yeah, I get a lot of positive stuff, and I just, I just, I try not to get butthurt over it. I just be me. I enjoy doing this. We're going to keep doing it. Um, you, I'll see you October 5th, it sounds like, Kiefer. Uh, Justin, thanks again. Oh, but other than that, it's a wrap. We're out. Later, boys. Guys. Cult of Kiefer. Why would you want to re talk about the Pulp Show?